deeds like yeah. the company they put a lot of carbon oh, in the atmosphere uh, they were out balance and then they need to pay they, for that someone there's an amazing market for buying and selling those yeah. credits uh, I got, i've gotten a crash course in that this week through another project i'm working on and it's amazing Let's just start there. Let's say who we have with us today. Give us your names and what you guys do at ECU. Uh, my name is Jose Montalva. I'm instructor here in ECU. I teach earth science, biology, geography in general. Um, that is my main focus is teaching here. Um, I'm Leah Dudley. I'm uh, also here as a professor at ECU. I'm a plant ecophysiologist, so I'm the plant person on campus. Um, and I teach a lot of other things as well, but that's my main focus. Awesome. That's great. So today we're going to talk a little, about, a little bit about composting and the collaboration with the business department, with the science department. And so how did you guys come up with the idea of composting and then collaborating with other departments at ECU? Uh, well, we as biologists, we are always thinking in how we can try to do more greener stuff and how can try to diminish the quantity of CO2 we put in the atmosphere and locking down in the, in, in the soil or in the ground. And there are some elements when we do compost, uh, we can keep of this CO2 from the atmosphere, put it back, back in the ground. That means we can kind of help to diminish the climate change effects of these uh, gas emissions. And that was the starting point to create compost. Okay. And then how did you guys get from there to partnering up with the business? Department. Uh, in last year we get a, a, a grant from the OCA Institute here in ECU and we was trying to do some different techniques of com compost and from there we start uh, with two students uh, uh, we start looking the different techniques how we can produce more compost in, in, in less time and at the end of the season we generate 10 tons of compost and we can think oh we can produce more because there are so many materials we can recycle in here and we can produce more and if we can create more uh, we can start selling it and get money from that and that is when Dean Andrews uh, talked uh, can you scale this? And we say, yeah, we we need the space. And most of the materials we get from paper from ECU or uh, food scraps. That is the main thing we were trying to use. The uh, food scraps, uh, we can scale and create a lot of good quality soil. That's awesome. And it's great that you're partnering with other university departments to make this happen and then go from there. Uh, how do you think having the different departments involved has changed your approach? Uh, this is the more interesting part because I'm kind of the cooking part. I'm the who is making the stuff but I don't know how, how to sell it how to marketing and that is the part of the business department they do or the elements how we was discussing before how we can get other plus money or grants associated because now there are more institutions that are focusing in create this idea of green greenish institution uh, food waste manage that or manage the uh, paper recycling paper they generate so much uh, energy for we can uh, get uh, energy saved by recycling paper, water, safe for water paper, and the food waste, we can mash all that and get revenues, kind of recycling and over recycling and get a and product at the end, but in many of these stages, you can uh, get money and that is where the business department can find this other process. We, fo uh, we focus in the biology, how we take from here to here and moving this element to create a better product in terms of like the uh, uh, nutrients in the soil. That's awesome, that's great. So let's talk a little bit about sort of the more the process here and can you explain the difference between cold composting and the bakashi and hot composting methods you're using uh, the cold compost is more the tra 
traditional one. You put uh, many of the elements in, in the ground and you let it set there and then decompose. They take time, but it's how it's cold. You can keep all the living stuff there. Uh, probably the wall, you do that, leaving a pack of leaves in the back of your yard, take a year to decompose. Then we move it to the hot compost when we generate heat in there and that uh, process they can take different there are some methods they take 18 days other to two months and we are ag aggregating biology and that biology generate en energy and then start heating up and speed up the process and in the bocacci what we do is pick all the food scraps everything like spaghetti meat uh, rotten milk everything and we put it in, in 55 gallon containers and we make it ferment. And that is another process when it's anaerobic compared to the other that are aerobic. And how is anaerobic? It then start fermenting, like pickle all this material and then start decomposing slowly. All this acidification inside, making these elements, make it breaking down and we put it in the soil. This, the bocacci one, is one of the main ones we use to put in, in the... Kind of mixing bocacci with cold compost, we create hot, hot compost. Okay. And putting inside the cold compost uh, bocacci, there is kind of the activator and that is, is, is speed up the process. And when we do the hot compost, we get it in 130 in general and up of that when you get in 130 degrees you can kill pathogens or the other thing is like in the other when you put elements they can attract rats or other elements when it's really hot then it's not coming over there or like flies they don't came flies over a hot element and that is speed up the process if you have it 130 for many days that decomposition ha happen, happen faster than in the other process that's great that's really cool and that's great information to know for sure uh, and you covered my next question, which are the benefits of using Bokashi, and you covered that very well too. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about sourcing materials for the composting uh, and how you ensure that they're suitable for the process. We try to use most of them, uh, especially because, again, we don't want to be these materials going in the landfill. Again, paper, they can use a lot of in the landfill, and if you sink in one ton of paper, they can recycle in 7,000 gallons of water. Uh, they can be six months of uh, average American people, and in terms of electricity and if you're recycling that energy is safe it's putting back in the system and uh, we get paper from here from ECU there most of the paper is shredded here in this room this facility and we get around one ton some a month and that again seven thousand gallons of water recycling there and we get that and food food scraps we get a partner with the Asbury methodology church method Methodist. Methodist church and then they have a food bank and the food they go to waste uh, uh, we collected that and we put it in the focaccia. We filled that with, sometimes we get like a hundred pounds of bread and sometimes the bread is still good when it's only a squish. But when they have moldy stuff, they put it in trash and sometimes we get a hundred to two hundred pounds of bread and fruit, they go moldy and we put it in the focaccia and then we start recycling those. That's great. And we try to add as much as possible to, again, take it out of the landfill and then generate uh, elements. For example, when we sink in, in the more traditional uh, compost, you they're saying, no, put meat or other elements they can sting your compost or attract animals raccoons or other rats in in our case we want to try to put everything back in in the soil because not only they can be more rich in terms of uh, energy they can be rich in terms of like nutrients again imagine you are eating your uh, a healthy diet only bread you have no healthy diet but if you have many elements 
you're recycling from the food scrap, you will have more variety of these nutrients back so in the it soil. Makes healthier compost. Yeah, it's a healthier compost. We are trying to get more of nutrients back, and then most of these they have. A, not only that, we have focusing nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, but there are other are called micronutrients. We put it back there too, like magnesium, a calcium. You see it when they do the eggshells and other elements, and then there is more rich soil. Uh, that is because we try to put all the food scrap. Okay. So <clears throat> there is this element of, and we'll let you answer some questions, maybe. <laughs> well, we've got this element of keeping trash out of the landfills, right? Which is lowering the limits on the landfill. But there's also energy generation through this as well. Uh, what type of energy is created? How is that stored or utilized? Or is that stored and utilized? Well, I, th I mean, I think he kind of got to it a couple of ways. One is through carbon sequestration. Um, we're not releasing carbon. We're actually storing it in the soil. Um, and so in that way, that's a big safe and a regeneration. The other is just by recycling and not creating more waste, you're saving all of the energy that would go into basically putting it in the landfill. Okay. Um, and so for in those ways, I think it's the biggest yeah. saver. I think there is another element there. You probably see when you're in summer and you have your trash can, it's really stinky. It's because you're producing methane. Right. And, uh, and well, that's more where my question yeah, was going. The methane, they can go to the atmosphere and that is 20 times more powerful in terms of climate change gas than CO2. And when we put more food in the landfills, they go to anaerobic process and create more of this stinky gas, and they create more problems in terms of a climate effect. And the, the thing, there is some companies that are kind of sequestered these and transforming in energy. Uh, in our case, we're trying to limit the production. We go in for other biochemical route to avoid to that production. But the other thing, when we put these food waste in, in landfill, uh, not only produce a methane, when they get all this liquid, they mix with other bad chemicals, and they can leave in the water and then can contaminate our aquifers and here in Ada the aquifer is really important for us and then this other element when we're trying to take the, these food scraps out, out of the landfill they can contaminate water sources and that is when we put it in, in other we can manage these uh, leashes they can become really nutri nutritious uh, used for the ground and then it's not get the element in the aquifer. Keep everything it's all, clean. Yeah. yeah it's also the method that he's using in the bocacci and the hot compost as he mentioned it's aerobic and so we're not producing methane in that process. Bokochi is anaerobic but it's a fermentation process so again we're not producing methane which okay. is, we're trying to reduce. So, so you're actually just focusing on reducing and not capturing methane created because you're doing your best to not create methane right. in the process which is great. It's better for the environment ultimately. Right? Um, so can you guys share some of the business plans and ideas that the business students have come up with so far working on this project? Um, there are Again, there are many, especially the federal United States are trying to create grants for, because in United States, we have this big problem. We generate a lot of food, and most of this food go to waste, like one third, one third of this production, they go to waste. And that is a lot of money. We put it in the trash. That create problems in the trash, in the landfill. And there are uh, some grants that are trying to allocate to diminish that, or we can create some way to composting that material. And that is one way we are trying to investigate to get some grants to uh, get money for producing this more a bigger scale. The other is investigating carbon credit, uh, how we can also uh, create in this soil can create 
uh, green, green, greener element. They can be sold as carbon credit, uh, and other companies they can produce a lot of carbon uh, emissions. They can buy us to us, and we can increase our production of uh, carbon locking in the ground. And the last one is is the one we are trying to focus now is how we can market our uh, quality soil to sell it. Locally. Yeah, that's a great way to do it. And those are all great things. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the carbon credits in a minute, too. Also, um, the student group in Actus is working on a business plan. And they're le- they, their plan is to pitch that at the, the annual... Um, the Love's Cup? Yes. Yeah. Um, and awesome. so that's one avenue. And they're really uh, kind of focused on helping us scale up to get the resources that we need in order to do that. Okay. Um, and so that's actually my next question. So what challenges have you guys seen in scaling up? And how have you addressed those. Oh, that is the thing. Uh, in some cases, they need work. And um, in, in, for example, even in the hot compost, we need to move in it. Again, if we have some uh, machinery or something, they can move this big quantity. When we do it as a small, one person can do it and they move. And, but then when you are start creating one ton, two ton, three tons, because material is always available here. Again, one third of all the food we can produce here, they can go to waste and we can keep it. That in, in, in one month, we can have three or four tons of material and that need power to move it on and transform it in, in soil and that is the biggest challenge i try to get the space and try to get this material get it transferred to soil in a small quantities it's easy to make bigger quantities they get the more challenge to manage to move it to to get it and the other thing we're looking now is how we marketing how we be still more environmentally friendly because we need to package this soil how we package in terms like to be uh, not creating more plastic and more trash or, um, and one thing that we're looking into is um, money going into scholarship funds for students that are wanting to be more sustainable. Also looking to pay student workers to help manage as we scale up. Um, and so uh, some of it's just manual. We just need the person, power the hands to move stuff around, to turn over soil, to go from you know compost one to compost two, to bagging, to filtering things. There's just a lot of uh, person management that needs to happen when you scale up, um, especially if we're trying to minimize our our uh, electricity use and not use heavy equipment to put that burden onto human hands instead. That's great. And so let's talk kind of big goals here, right? So the project definitely contributes to the sustainability at ECU, right, and, and keeping trash out. What are your goals for transforming transforming ECU into a green institution? Oh, that uh, kind of keep most of the food waste and transform it all that in, in soil. Um, uh, and the paper, we have a paper here. I get it almost a huge percentage of that transforming in soil. Um, again, if you have a, in terms of a production, one ton of a, a soil or compost equal equal to one ton of carbon CO2. And that you can estimate, I don't know, 10 in, in a month with scalar B. That'd be 10 tons of carbon credit. Which is um, amazing. Yeah. Right? And so let's talk a little bit about the carbon credits for anybody that doesn't already know about them much more than we've already said. But can you explain a little bit more of the concept of the carbon credits and how you can generate revenue from those? Yeah, in general, as humans, we generate, it's almost inevitable. We can produce carbon, uh, CO2 or other gases that go to the atmosphere. And we need uh, most of these business or elements we can produce a lot. And what is the idea of the carbon credits? If they 
there is some other alternative that they can take these uh, greenhouse gases from the atmosphere and put it back in the ground. Uh, uh, these big companies, they produce a lot, they can buy it some other alternative that are taking it down and put it in other ways. Another, like one, one example is if you produce a lot of CO2, that you purchase a tree and that tree gets planted. And so during the growth process of that tree, it's sequestering <laughs> carbon. So in the end, you're offsetting what you're producing by what's being stored in that tree that you purchased as a company. Um, and a lot of companies, that's what they're doing is they're they're purchasing forest, basically. Or alternatively, they can partner up with a group like you guys and purchase the carbon credits that right. you have in excess and not have to touch a forest, but only purchase those carbon credits to get them down to a carbon neutral position, right. uh, which is a goal of so many companies right now to get to that carbon neutral position, which is awesome. What about the potential of implementing this model in other institutions and communities? Would that be through a licensing agreement or would you guys manage that process internally or have you even considered scaling in that way? We have not. Our, uh, I think our ultimate goal is to maybe go Ada wide um, and start start getting paper and food scraps from city sources, um, you know, restaurants, other businesses, and all. but that's a scale problem um, and so right now we're working on getting what we can at ECU which is a huge and they produce a lot of uh, food scraps and paper scraps um, and so our next goal if we if we're able to accomplish that is to go A to Y um, and I don't know personally we have uh, we have dreams of getting out of ADA um, but partnering with someone who might have those dreams, I think we could do. Could do something cool with that. There's a lot yeah. to be done there. Uh, and, and I know that you've just started exploring the carbon con carbon credits concept. Do you know about how many carbon credits you get out of one ton? Of uh, yeah, it's, it's one ton. One ton yeah, is it's one, one credit? Is one credit. No, one ton is one, one, ton, one thousand credits. One thousand yeah, credits in one ton. Yeah, I think so. Okay. And what is your capacity to create currently? Well, now we are... Oh, all depends of the time, but again, probably they be between three tons per month, okay. and all depends of uh, space. And but again, is all the materials are here. Uh, you get one ton or three tons of paper shredded from the ECU that can be transformed. Uh, again, three tons of paper they sing uh, three tons of the compost, but it's not they reduce and with the food scraps. But yeah. uh, if we're going slow, is like uh, our production like minimal, minimal, minimal effort is like one ton a month, like with no almost no work and then if you put more work you can scale it more because there is many materials everywhere do you have a goal number in mind for what you would like your production to be in a month mm. my, my goal can be if there is, we can produce more so almost don't put this paper in the trash right. almost don't put with the scraps in, in the trash just kind of get close to the hundred percent of recycling I don't know what are the numbers there but that can be be uh, yeah this now ECU is totally sustainable and, and so um, it's scalable to whatever you know you get to a hundred tons a month production if you had the space and the workforce to help that. which is great because that's also create jobs for students you know there's a whole other element to this there's there's the science and the ecology part of it but then there is the business side and creating employment opportunities in our community which is also a very big important which is really great to do uh, so let's talk about any advice that you have for any other universities or com communities that are considering starting something along this line do you have any advice that you would share on that I think my advice 
this is you need to have someone passionate to move it forward. Um, sometimes there's reticent about composting, and so having someone knowledgeable, having someone passionate about the positive aspects of composting would be would be a good way to start. Um, also, we've we've been at other institutions where they've done major major scale composting, um, and so having you know go around and visit some of those other places that are already doing larger scale, get an idea of what you might need to recreate that. Um, I mean, and then just do it, right? Like, it's, it's to start small scale, it's very easy. It just takes one person, and, and you start making a difference. And then you start building there, which is what we're where we're at and what we're trying to do, is build from that one person up. That's so that would be mine. Yeah, I think mine is, we always looking for this problem we have now is climate change. We have another big problem, is plastic. Plastic is everywhere now, and there are some alternative how we can think how we can solve this problem and at the same time transform it in something that can get money sometimes when we get the problems and we don't associate it with money probably we leave it in, in the side but if we can create something valuable from there uh, people can get involved and that is in, in the idea of the compost we get these food scraps that was when trash and then people didn't see money in there and probably will not focus but if we can transform it in something valuable they'd be reduced and be not a problem anymore the same with plastic we can start recycling create other products with those and may maybe if we do that we will create less trash and take it out of the landfills or the oceans and again if we see problem we need to try to look an alternative alternative to solve that problem but maybe looking the alternative get in terms of business where they can get a valuable resource and they can create something better Listen, that's a great way to wrap this up for both of you guys and really appreciate you guys taking the time to come down and talk about your project with us it's very exciting and creating sustainable future is very important to all of us. Thank you. No, thank you. Your time. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody.